0: Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta.
1: Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm delighted you could be with us today. My dear friends, by now I think most of us know that we came into these brief earth lives to grow spiritually, to raise our personal vibrations away from fear and toward ever more perfect love. And the kind of love we're talking about here is selfless. It's not dependent on anything that we receive or give, but it's just a perfectly joyous connection of hearts and minds. Love for the sake of love. And when we think about modern life, where is such perfect love more likely to come from for each of us? Well, from our pets, of course. You could be the most horrible person on the face of the earth and you know that at least your dog will still love you. About seven months ago, we entertained Karen Anderson as a Seek Reality guest, and her interview was a huge hit. If you haven't heard it, you might want to give it a listen. Karen is a wonderful animal communicator, and we talked that day about communicating with dogs and cats, both living and transitioned, It turns out she communicates with horses, too, and at this point, we're scheduling most secret reality guests more than six months in advance, so the date that Karen and I set back in September is rolling around at last in in late April. I'm excited to have her with us today. Karen is an award-winning animal communicator and medium who has been doing this wonderful work for more than two decades. She's written a couple of books and collaborated with others on their books but my favorite of her efforts is The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, Messages and Signs from Our Pets on the Other Side. It came out in 2017, and that book has won a number of awards, and all of them, I'm telling you, were well-deserved. It's full of the kinds of happy stories that, and true stories that bereaved pet lovers desperately need. Karen, welcome. I'm so delighted to have you back with us.
0: Hi, Roberta. I am so excited to be here. I just absolutely adore your listeners. I think you have some of the most incredible and amazing uh, followers, and I'm certainly one of them.
1: Aren't you sweet to say that? You know, it's true, really. I hear from a lot of listeners, and they are wonderful people. That's probably the thing that most keeps me this work is the fact that I hear from such terrific people. But let's tell us a, uh, tell us a little about you now. Um, how did you learn that you had this amazing gift for communicating with our beloved, wonderful companion animals?
0: Well, you know, it was a kind of a spiritual awakening, you could say. I had um, always been able to understand the animals when I was a small child, but I had forgotten those skills as I wasn't... Um, uh, my family didn't uh, support that. They didn't know what to do with that. They thought it was weird or strange or whatever. So they discouraged it, unfortunately. <laughs> Darn it, don't do that to your kids. <laughs> no, and, don't do that uh,
1: to your kids. So you were little and you were, you animals were talking to you?
0: Yes, and I thought everybody could do this. You know, I just thought oh, yes. everyone would understand yeah. I didn't know. You know, when you're little, you just think that's the way of the world. You just think that's the way that's things right. go. So, yes. no, I, I didn't know it was unusual or different. But what happened was I started uh, coming up with information about the pets and uh, even deceased family members that a 5- or 6-year-old child uh, could not have known. And so it really it really scared my parents. They didn't know what to do, so they told me to stop it. Yes, uh, right. Don't <laughs> right. do that. You're scaring us. And, yes. um I was never scared, even when I spoke to the spirits of my uh, relatives, it was always happy experiences, it was wonderful memories, they were very loving and very kind, it was never spooky or scary or anything like that, I was just very um, intrigued by them, because they were so loving to me, so between the animals talking to me and my departed relatives talking to me, I learned very, yeah, I learned very quickly that most of the time, I should keep that quiet, keep it to myself. So I did. I kept it to myself for many years, and it wasn't until I was in law enforcement, and that's where it all started snowballing. Of all places for it to show up, right, Roberta? Yes.
1: Well, so we, we, you were you were helping law enforcement uh, with uh, as a psychic?
0: And no, I was actually a police officer. <laughs> where you?
1: Really? And you're
0: yeah. such a sweet person. I just can't envision it. Wow. <laughs> oh, yes, I was a deputy in Colorado in a little town by the name of Bailey. And that's where I had a spiritual awakening. Now, picture this. Very small town, mountain district. There's nothing for miles and miles except national forest, pine trees, and beautiful Rocky Mountains. And I would have to respond to any call for help by myself because it was a small department. I was usually the only one on duty um, when I was working, as the other officers were usually the only ones on duty.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Wow. I know. So uh, I would I would have to go to a, a call to the scene of whatever it was, domestic violence or robbery or whatever it uh, was. <laughs> and i would have to be very careful about my personal safety oh and my word because of that i developed a heightened sense of awareness i started listening to that little voice in my head i started listening to uh what what and how people were talking to me suspects and potential um criminals i started really paying attention to body language and just, you know, the feeling, Roberta, you know how it is when you meet someone for the first time and you either really, really like them or you really, really don't.
1: Right, yes. I think we
0: all I have we've that all, sense, yes. Yes, we've all been there. So yes. I, started pay, I started paying attention to that. And what, it, what happened is it developed into a sharpened sense of intuitiveness and Cops don't call it intuitive psychicness. They call it a gut feeling. But it's the same thing. Yes. It's the same. Um, you know, cops are very, you know, hardcore evidence. I don't believe in that woo-woo stuff, whatever, whatever. And I was kind of the same way, too. But here I was, a law enforcement officer, and I was discovering that I had psychic abilities, and they were actually very accurate. And the craziest thing happened, Roberta, get this. I was on the scene what? of a domestic <laughs> violence call, and I was interviewing the victim. And she was a, a young girl. She was pregnant at the time, and her boyfriend had assaulted her and punched her in the stomach, if you can believe that. Oh, my um, Lord. I know. So I was interviewing her outside of the home, and my fellow officers were out uh, looking for the suspect who fled on foot. So we were standing by the, her front porch when all of a sudden this little kitty comes walking out of her house, and of course I'm a pet lover, cat lover, so I'm, oh, look at the kitty, you know, right away I'm paying attention to the cat. And um, she said, oh, you know, that's Smokey, and uh, he's my baby, and I love him, and whatever. And so this little kitty, I watched him. He walked over to this little gardening shed, and he sat down, turned around, sat down, looked right at me, and... I heard the words inside, oh, and I thought, good. Good. I thought, yes. what? Did that catch? Yes. Tell me, the bad guy is inside the shed. I mean, I was having like this no way moment. Like this can't happen. Oh moment. wow! And so I, sure enough, I went over to the shed and I ordered the suspect to come out with his hands up. And lo and behold, he was in there and he was hiding, and. He had, that shed had already been searched, so he must he must have double backed around and gone back in there after it had been searched.
1: Wow! So, oh my goodness!
0: Yeah, that's you can wonderful imagine. though.
1: Think about it. That's wonderful. I know. What a smart kitty!
0: I know, and you know this is what started happening to me. I was in total disbelief. I was in shock. You know, I didn't tell anybody about it. Can you believe? Can you imagine turning in a police report that said? um, so I was on the scene of this crime, and and a cat told me where the suspect was. Right, you know, I right. I love it. But, I was not they, about to uh, admit to anyone that my confidential informant had four legs and a tail, right? But so think about what um, that,
1: says, Karen. About that cat. The cat yes. knew knew why you were there. Knew this bad. This guy was bad. Who had had hurt you know hit her, her mistress or his mistress and knew that the thing to do was to show you where he was. I yes. That boggles me that the cat knew all that and obviously did know all that.
0: Well, it kind of boggled me, too. I was in a state of, uh, oh, my gosh, what just happened here? And yes. then it started happening more and more on other crime scenes with other animals. I was able to obtain kind of like eyewitness accounts from the resident pets. Uh-huh. Really so good. I really got to be intrigued by this. I was blown away by it. So I started developing my skills even more and I threw everything I could, all my energy and all my effort into learning how to do this because I thought, this is amazing. This is incredible. I can't even believe this. No, wow. And, <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where it all started to snowball and, and my abilities really, they resurfaced. I had an, an awakening they resurfaced again after many, many years. And I think that happens to a lot of us. We have these abilities. We have our intuition. And just because of life and the way that society is, we kind of, uh, they get buried. These abilities get covered up and buried, but they're in there. Yeah. And sometimes they're just right below the surface, and other times they're way down deep, you know, just based on our belief systems and how we've been raised and our societal issues and challenges and whatever, and uh, mine just happened to be right below the surface, so they all came bubbling up really fast, and it was just the right spiritual time for me. I was just right in that perfect moment where the universe was saying, you know, hey, Karen, this is what you need to be doing, and I just ran with it, and uh, it's very... Uh, it was a very pivotal point in my life. I ended up leaving law enforcement to pursue my psychic abilities full time.
1: Wow. That's that's a wonderful story. I love that story about the cat.
0: I know, right? So the <laughs> cool part is is now I get to combine my law enforcement background, which I loved and adored. I loved being a cop. I loved being in law enforcement. I didn't like all the report writing, and I didn't like going to court or any of that but i loved being a cop and responding to calls and helping people so that was really the fun part of it but now as an evidential medium i can speak to both uh pets and departed human spirits i'm able to help law enforcement agencies with cold cases well that's wonderful that
1: that's a whole other all right we just came up with another topic a lot of pet parents who are listening now have fur babies that are dogs or cats, and I urge all of you, please stay with us today, but then go back and listen to our previous Seek Reality interview with Karen Anderson, and it was September 10th of 2018, if my records are right. And that was a great one. I'm telling you, I still hear about it. But please indulge me today, because I've waited all this time to talk with Karen about my own fur baby, who happened to be a horse when my babies were little in fact this horse was the same age as my middle child i got this 6 month old foal actually colt at that point he'd been just been gelded and he i've waited <laughs> i've waited all this time to talk to her about him this was an amazing story he and i bonded right away i owned him until he was almost 30 he was he was my um he was, frankly, he's probably the nicest person that I have ever known. And uh, tell me about horses. Tell me about communicating with horses. For people oh. who aren't familiar with them, horses are some of the nicest people. It's, it's <laughs> astonishing
0: how good they are. About you know, horses. I, I'm always, um, I have a, a special place in my heart for anyone who has, um, had a relationship and had a horse in their uh, as part of their life because they are truly amazing creatures they are some of the most high vibrational creatures on the earth and what I mean by high vibrational is that they are ancient they have this ancient wisdom to them they have yes! this an- yes they have this ancestral um uh nature about them that when you communicate with them you realize that you're not just talking to you know the horse out in the barn or the horse out in the stall I mean you're you're tapping in to eons and eons and eons of evolution and this incredible wisdom that the horses are able to share and bring forward and bring into a new light I've learned so much from horses um Just to give you a little bit about what I have experienced, they are by far one of the most sensitive creatures I've ever communicated with. And I mean sensitive in in the way of being so aware of their surroundings and aware of energy and the energy of the horses and the people around them. They can read energy better than anyone They they are masters at reading us. They can read your mind when you're not even around them. That's how they can tap into you. That's how deeply connected our souls are with these incredible creatures. And they can think about it, Roberta. They can sense when a mosquito lands on their flank so imagine when yes. our human bodies climb up on their backs in all of our clumsiness and we clunk on them and yes. we have our saddles <laughs> and all of our I know, our <laughs> equipment, yes. Yes. I mean, can you imagine just being this incredibly sensitive creature and having all of this stuff going on you? It's like, yes. oh my gosh. Um <laughs> In in that, keeping that in mind, they also share with me how very confused they are by their human. And what I mean by that is I've heard from more horses that they get more mixed messages and confusing um, messages from their humans than just about any other creature, and and I'll tell you why. Think about when we are in saddle, we are up there, perhaps we're taking a trail ride with our horse. We're not asking them to do anything specific or demanding. We're just walking along a trail, maybe with some fellow riders, or maybe we're just alone. But while we're, on, we're riding with our horse, we are shifting around in the saddle. Our body is moving around from side to side, so we're sending them physical cues. Our legs are dangling and hitting them along the sides of their body. Our hands are holding the reins, sending signals throughout the reins, if either too tight or too loose or whatever our hands are doing. And then think about where our minds go when we're riding. We might be thinking about what we're going to make for dinner tonight or company that's coming in town next week or, gosh, I have a birthday party I have to go to at 6 o'clock, I have to be home to get ready. We have all of these things going on in our minds. Plus, I don't know about you, Roberta, but when I'm with my horses, I do a lot of soul searching. So I'm asking, like, even myself a lot of questions, like, what is the purpose of life? Why am I here? What is my goal? What is, you know, what do I need to be doing with my life and in this world and as a as a being of light? And I get, like, really Philosophical when I'm around my horses, they just bring that out in me, so yes, yes, imagine this horse is taking all of this in like a sponge, like a gigantic sponge. Can you imagine how confusing this is for them? <laughs>
1: the- the thing, the thing is yes i i can the thing is beau would prefer to be driven actually um my horse's name was gamay beaujolais because my husband loved growing he was growing vanifera wine grapes at the time and that's a kind of wine grape but he was a a a dark liver chestnut. So it was sort of a reasonable name, I guess. So we just called him Bo, but he loved to be driven. He didn't like to be ridden nearly as much. In fact, I saddle trained him. He was always very careful of me. You know, he literally would move under me to make sure that I was always gonna stay safe. But whenever, up until the age of eight, whenever I let a friend ride him, no matter how good a rider this person was, he never did anything wrong, but he had that person on the ground within two minutes is that amazing? Oh, no. You couldn't say he misbehaved. He just somehow, he made sure that they fell off. And it got to be a joke with us um, that he was like that. But then the, my, my daughter, who was his age, um, almost exactly, she was about six months old when he was six months old, um, when she was eight, she decided she wanted to start riding and have a show horse. And he was actually a very high-quality Morgan. He was a good show horse, actually, too. But um, she wanted to ride him. I was scared to death to put her on his back. I, we started on a long line, you know, how you do. She was the first person he ever allowed to have her ride, and he did just with her what he did with me. He took care of her. And she got a lot of blue ribbons on him, actually. <laughs> That's, that was sort of their fun. But but isn't that – they're so smart. And they're wise. Oh, my gosh. As you they point are. out, they're wise. If you really know a horse and, and the horse knows you and you're comfortable, always comfortable with one another, they're so you, – you you look in their eye and you know you're looking into – it's like looking into the eye of a human being. There's a yes. lot going on in that mind. It's amazing.
0: Oh my God, that's so true. And I I think they're smarter than most of us, honestly. I mean they <laughs> right. in some ways. And I'm I'm putting myself in there too. I mean, I feel outsmarted and outwitted by horses more times than I can count. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, but they but they're kind. I, I think that, that all the unkindness has been bred out of them. So when you find one that that doesn't seem to be kind, you know that one was really abused as a as a baby because or as a very young horse because I think every horse I've ever met was a very decent human being, really.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I will also say that, um, sadly, horses are some of the most um, frustrated creatures because more so than cats, more so than dogs, horses get passed around from person to person more than anyone else. And they have... Imagine being just in your barn or in your corral or in your pasture hanging out with your buddies, and all of a sudden, somebody shows up and loads you in a trailer and takes you away.
1: That's right. And that happens to them all the time. All the time. This is something that I I, want to share this wonderful communication dream. I couldn't be there when he he was put down. Um, He was almost 30, and um, I was with my children at church, my grandchildren, and they... I, I didn't want him to suffer. I said, go ahead. And then I, oh, I was desperately upset. So the first communication I got from him was this. I had walked out into the into the um, lobby of the church and I was crying. And when I walked back in a little, you know, feeling a little better there on the screen behind the minister who was giving his sermon was a gigantic picture. It was fall, gigantic picture of a, a bow grazing in a field. It looked exactly like him. And next to him, was a gray horse who looked just like a friend of mine's horse that had passed shortly before. Most amazing thing, I took a picture of it. I couldn't believe it. He was telling me he was okay that immediately was awesome. after his death. But then, so so I was still upset. A couple of nights later, I had this amazing dream. We were driving in the wo- and very vividly. We were driving in the woods where he and I had always driven for so many years and and having wonderful time and all of a sudden coming over the hill was was it was a diesel truck? So I pulled him off quickly into the bushes, very narrow road. Held his head's head as you do to sort of try to make him feel safe, so he wouldn't bolt. And we got let the truck go past. Then we were happily driving again, and the second thing happened: another truck. So I had to hurriedly get him off the road and, and hold his head. And he was, you know, I held him right to my chest, hugged his head and he was fine. Got the, the third time we drove, there was another truck coming and I woke up before I saw it, but I could hear it and I could see the smoke coming, diesel trucks, you know, that sort of truck. And mm-hmm. I woke up, I said, what the heck was all that about? Because it was clearly, an, but I then I realized what it was. And it, this speaks to what you just said. I, he, he, I brought him home when he was six months old and we moved from Massachusetts when he was already old to Florida. He came with us. I had him there the whole time, and was with him. Then we moved to Texas, and sure enough, I stayed there with him, and I kept him until he died and He was thanking me with that dream. Yes. each of those trucks was that calamity that most or a new a new place, but I stayed with him his whole life, and he was thanking me for that. Isn't yes. that
0: extraordinary? It is, and I'm getting goosebumps and chills right now because I hear so many things about horses and the power of their energy and the, the bond that they forge with their humans. And it's like so, it, worse don't describe it if you have never experienced before. It's just the human language doesn't give justice to what it's like, but it's yes. truly magical It is uh, something I've been fascinated with horses since I was a little girl. I had all the horse statues in my room and collections and all that. Yeah, (laughs) me too. Right. Every year I would ask mom and dad for a horse for Christmas, and every year I would look out in my driveway, and there was never a horse there. Oh, Um, that's sad. I I know, but I kept asking, and uh, one day I decided I was going to get I was older and got a horse for myself so it was you know really a long time in waiting for that dream to come true but um it is something so um unfathomable if you haven't experienced it If you have experienced it, you're probably sitting in your chair right now going, yep, I know what she's Uh, talking about. Yeah. People don't (laughs) get
1: it. They think horses are recreational equipment. Horses are like the best friend you'll ever have. And if you really bond with your horse, you will never want to give that horse up. That's the problem because they live a long time. But, you know, you could take them with you. I I took Bo with me. We we didn't take any other horses, but we did take him.
0: Yes, and I have a 30-something-year-old, gelding right now and for those who don't know uh, a gelding is a a stallion that has been neutered and um and they usually do that because stallions are hard to handle and after a horse is gelded they tend to be easier to handle um but uh, i have a 30 something gelding his name is toby and i don't know exactly how old he is but i'm guessing somewhere between 30 and 35 so if you're wondering. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you're wondering how long horses can live, they can live 30, 35, 40. There's even some 45 years old. There's, you know, they can live a very long time. That's such a commitment there. And I am of the type of person like you, Roberta, that once they are with me, that's it. That's their forever home. They stay with me even if I move, yes. if I get yeah If I change jobs, they stay with me forever.
1: I, I I agree with you. That's what I would do. Which is one reason I don't have a horse now. Um, one of the things I decided after that communication dream was that I was not going to ride or drive a horse again until I get to ride and drive him again, and uh, which I which I will do. In fact, here's here's something I don't know if I've talked about this, but my primary spirit guide Thomas, um, I. I he was he, he lived in the 18th century, so he's he knows horses and um, he knew about Bo. And um, one day when I was communicating with him through a medium, which I don't do anymore, but I did then, um, I said, you know what? Why don't you bring Bo when you come to my bedside when it's time for me to go home? And he said, it's already been arranged. Nice. Apparently, at night when I would meet with them, I, I thought up the idea that I wanted to ride out on Bo, and he said, I'm going to get to do that. Isn't that amazing oh, I and love wonderful?
0: It. I love it. Uh you'll love this story too. I had uh four horses at one time. Now I only have two. Uh but when one of my uh horses was getting ready to transition, she was a very stubborn mare. Her name was Patience. And oh, she was that's yes, funny. she was named that before I got her and Roberta, the interesting thing is that patience is one of my life themes. So I thought there's no coincidence here when I when I purchased her many, many years ago, that uh, her name was Patience. I was like, oh, isn't this appropriate? But um, she was a very stubborn gal. We went on many adventures together. We had a very, very close bond. But boy, oh, boy, Patience had to have things her way. And even when it came time for her transition, I knew that her time was coming close. And I told her that I would help her when she was ready to leave her body and go to the other side And I made it very clear to her that I was going to be uh, having the veterinarian come out on Monday. This was on a Sunday. And I said, I know you're ready to go. Uh, The appointment is tomorrow. And I was out in the field, and I was just, you know, standing with her and loving on her and telling her how much I loved her. So the next morning I get up and I go out there, and she had already passed. So even in transition, patients had to have it her way. She was not going to wait yes. around. She was not right. going nope. to do it on my terms. Okay. She was going to do it her way and you're going to love there's a little bit of of uh um the frosting on this story is she chose the most impossible place to get to on my property as she as she could. She was so surrounded by pine trees and forest growth and bushes and logs and oh, stuff. Yeah, it was wow. completely <laughs> ridiculous of trying to get her yes. out of there. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's really funny.
0: So well, she, um, <laughs> she she went on her own terms, her own way. Out. And yes. boy, I'll tell you what, uh, that girl is... Uh, She's an amazing force still in my life, and she helps gather up all the horse spirits that I'm going to be talking to, and and I still work very closely with her. She's one of my animal guides that I work with, and she hasn't changed. She's still just as stubborn as always. So people who have
1: a, a horse, or actually a dog or cat too, that they wanted, you can you communicate with living animals too, right? Mm-hmm. Not just those who've passed. And so – so what people then can ask questions of their living pets. How come you won't eat tuna or whatever it is the issue is? And and you'll, you'll get answers from the pets about how they feel and what they're doing and what they want?
0: Right, and the one thing to remember is uh, clients come to me for all kinds of reasons. Most of my work right now is afterlife because of the popularity of, my book, The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. So, of course, right. they read that book and they all want to get messages from their pets on the other side, which is great. But I also connect with animals who are alive and well. I handle behavior issues, health concerns, end of life issues, just people checking in to see if their pets are, if the medication is working, what their pain levels are. Sometimes I work with animals that are having fear or anxiety or aggression issues. I mean, you name it, it's all across the board.
1: Wow! All right. Well, t- talk about how people can reach you. We'll say this a couple of times. Someone someone wants to talk to their pet, whether the pet is transitioned or the pet is with us. What what what? How would they reach you?
0: Well, the best way to reach me is through my website, which is very simple. It's karenanderson.net. dot net. No different spelling there. Just normal Karen Anderson with an O dot net. And um, there's all kinds of information on there. If you're new to animal communication, there is an FAQ page that has a lot of Q&A on there with some of the most common questions I get, like, how long have you been doing this? How many animals have you communicated with? I get asked that all the time. How and, many? How many? How many is it? Yes. It's kind of frightening, and I'm totally, <laughs> ag- I'm totally aging myself, but it's almost up to 19,000. No! Yeah. Really? Yes.
1: I was thinking 1900. Oh,
0: my goodness. 19,000. And (laughs) I've been doing, I've been communicating with pets professionally for over 20 years now. And what is so cool about this is I still have some of my original clients. We're still um, connected with each other, they still have sessions with me. I mean, this has just been such an amazing experience because it has. Animal lovers are the best people in the world, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. And, you know, truly, it doesn't get any better than a person who loves and adores their pets. But I was thinking about all the things that have happened to me over the years in regarding horses. And I thought, what do I want to share with Roberta's listeners? And this is the one story that came to me. And um, it's so special. Uh, I was connecting with the spirit of a departed horse. Now, this was an ancient horse this uh in physical life uh, this horse's name was shiloh and um in connecting with this horse i had one of those out of body experiences where i was actually riding alongside him i wasn't riding him but i was almost like on this imaginary invisible horse oh. riding alongside oh. him yes and he was showing me in this Um, out-of-body experience he was showing me how to ride he was showing me where to put my how to shift my energy and how to focus my my mindset and my intention and how important it was to honor the the horse that i was um, engaging with and to let them be fully in their body and to lead me instead of me leading the horse. And so I was getting all of this incredible information from Shiloh and he went on to tell me the most beautiful story I have ever heard and it still stays with me today. Uh, I was asking him about the um the end of life for horses, what it's like and what he could tell me, you know, when they're preparing to leave their body. And this goes to even horses out in the wild. The wild Mustangs and the ancestors of horses, just going way, way back in time. And he explained to me that there is a time that he referred to at the end of their life where they are preparing to leave their body. They know their time is coming. They know they're accepting of that, that their time is coming. They don't stress about it like we do, they're very accepting that their physical life is ending because they know that their spiritual life will begin when their physical life ends. They they know know, that? Yes, they know that. Wow. Here's what he said to me. He said that the time between when they know they're ready to leave and the moment that they actually transition out of their body, um, he said that that is a very sacred time and he called it the twilight time. He said that's our twilight time, the time where we're getting ready to leave our physical body. He said that, that animals will even zoom out of their physical body before it's their time just to kind of, you know, get used to that feeling or kind of dip their toes in the water to test the temperature kind of a thing, just to test it out. So there's this out-of-body experience for them as their twilight time approaches and they know that they're going to be leaving their body and he said that when they share this twilight time with us their human companion that that is the most special and sacred moment and we should honor that because normally and out in the wild and in the animal kingdom animals usually go off by themselves to to transition, to leave their body. They go off, they separate themselves from the herd. They don't want to bring in any predators. They don't want to be seen in this vulnerable state, so they'll go off by themselves, and they'll pass away either from age or illness or exposure to the elements. So he described to me that that this twilight time is so sacred and so special that when you have a pet, whether it be a dog, a cat, or a horse, that shares that moment with you, that is like the biggest blessing you can have to share that twilight time with them. And that has stuck with me so long. I no longer stress about that time. It's a sacred time. He says it's a time of celebration. It's yes. a time to honor who this uh, creature was in your life and all of the wonderful memories that they brought you and all the wonderful, beautiful lessons that you learned together. He really changed my whole outlook.
1: Because yes. Because you know,
0: we always as humans want to cry and just be sad and agonize yeah. over the loss, but he really changed my mind. And I wanted to share that with you because I knew you would appreciate that coming from yes. this incredible horse spirit.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, um, I, I, I guess I wish everybody could have the opportunity to have a horse for a friend. Um, Not even if you don't ride, even if you, even if all you do is hang around with them because they're wonderful people to hang around with and they're loving and accepting and, and wise. It's that the the most important word to me about how a horse thinks is that they're very wise. They're wise about themselves, about the world, about people, and patient with us. I mean, <laughs> you're bred patience, but but Beau was very patient with me. I know I was often clueless to him, but um, what a beautiful experience this has been—just sharing our love for horses and as as people, as the best people there are. Um, I'm very grateful to you that you. That you've been able to do that with me because really most people I know don't even know anything about horses or care about them. And it's been now years. Beau died, oh, 15 years ago. So, uh, well, no, 10, year, 10 plus years ago now. So um, I, I don't even think of myself as a horse person anymore, although I was from the age of five. But, Karen, <laughs> you have such a wonderful life that you get to spend time talking with how many thousands
0: did you say? Um, almost 19,000.
1: Oh, my word.
0: What a I know. And I have, your a cute, life. I have a fast, cute story for you about what a horse told a couple of cute, fast stories. Do I have time? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Okay. So many, many years ago when I was, um, I was giving a demonstration of animal communication to a horse club, a riding club. This is for uh, a, a women's riding group. It was here in Spokane, Washington, where I live and um, I was talking to, communicating with one of the horses in the group there, and um, they asked me what the horse's favorite treat was. Well, the horse showed me a banana, and (laughs) I hesitated because it's a banana. You know, you were expecting like a carrot or an apple or, you know, (laughs) a a little... um, um, horse cookie or something. I wasn't expecting a banana. So I was really <laughs> embarrassed and I was put on the spot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I say? What do I say? And so I finally just said, oh, this sounds really weird, but your horse is showing me a banana. Well, oh, she started laughing so hard and she goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Well, apparently when she would go on her trail rides, she would always pack a brown paper bag lunch And she always took a banana with her. That was like her go-to thing to put in that bag. Well, the horse would see her eating this banana every single time they would go on a trail ride, and he just assumed... That it had to be the most wonderful treat in the world because Mom <laughs> ate it all the time.
1: And Mom never shared. That's not nice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if so, they when even ate a banana, but isn't that funny? Oh it my!
0: Was, it was so funny. I just got the the a, a chuckle out of that because it's like, who would think, right? So it's not just they don't answer me necessarily the way I would expect them to answer. I asked that oh. horse, "What's your favorite treat?" and it said banana. So you know you have to. <laughs> They communicate yeah. in their own way and yes,
1: and yes. in their own oh. time, and
0: then one more really quick story yeah, uh, I was communicating with another horse, and um, the the rider was having problems, a lot of behavioral problems with the horse, and I was trying to figure out what was wrong and just you know, balking at the gate and, you know, not cooperating and not asking to do what this horse, what the person wanted it to do. And, you know, just really kind of being fussy and argumentative. And it's like, what's going on? Well, the horse kept showing me upside down numbers. Why? I, I'm try- I know. I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm like, what in the world? And so I'd ask it again, what what is this? What are you showing me? And it just said to me, I don't know, but upside down numbers. And I saw numbers upside down. Well, get this. I'm talking to the client, and I'm saying, "Your horse is showing me upside down numbers. Does this mean anything to you?" And she says, "Oh my gosh, Karen! Oh my gosh!" She said, "We are trying to sell our business, but our accountant was embezzling from us, and we're actually in the red instead of being in, you know, in profit. We're in debt right. because they've." forged and fudged all the numbers. So now we can't sell our business because basically the numbers were upside down. Do you get that analogy? Oh. It was oh, Right? Yeah, that's I couldn't amazing. Believe it. So the reason why the horse was acting up is because mom and dad were so stressed about their business being upside down. That the horse was pulling all that stress, didn't know what the problem was, thought they were mad at him, and was misconstruing all of that negative energy that was swirling around, so I had to share with the client how to be very clear when they were around the horse with the horse to be very specific about their goals and yes. what they wanted to accomplish and to yes. leave their business stuff at home. But isn't that incredible?
1: What an interesting story. Oh, the poor guy.
0: It was amazing. It it, it was shocking to me because I'm trying to put it all together and make sense of it. Of course, I look at upside-down numbers, and I don't know what that means. I do now, it's, but I didn't know what yeah. that meant at the time. Yeah. And sure enough, when you look at the whole picture, when you take in everything that was going on, it made sense as to why he was acting up and why they were having so much trouble with him.
1: Right. Oh, Kara, this has been so much fun. We're going to do this again, and we'll talk about your cold case work, I think. That would be, I think that would be great.
0: Awesome, um, I'd love it. If
1: that's, right with, if that's right with you, consider yourself hugged. I'm so glad we could do this. And everyone, I'm so oh, sorry we've come you. to the end of our time. <laughs> this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm delighted you could be here with Karen and me. And please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what that means, it's going to transform your life for the better. Next week, our guest will be Father Nathan Castle. Father Castle is a Catholic priest of the Dominican order who has served as a campus minister at several universities and he lives now in a community of Dominican men and women serving the University of Arizona at Tucson. This is fascinating. I didn't even know they did this, but he's been doing what is actually very, very important work and there's much too little talked about and he's been doing it for almost 20 years. I'm, I'm really astonished the church lets him do this. He helps people who have gotten lost to complete their transition. And I'm thrilled, frankly, to find someone I can even talk to about this because I know it's an important issue and I don't even know anyone else who does this. But I have found Dr. Castle and I'm excited to be able to share his work with you. So please be sure to join us next week. And this week we've been talking for the second time with a wonderful pet communicator, and as you see, a wonderful human being named Karen Anderson. She was last with us in September of 2018, and go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it, because as I say, it's one of the best Seek Reality episodes ever. She talked then about dogs and cats, and this week she has been sharing my love of horses. Um, her import, her She's written several books, but her most important book is the award-winning The Amazing Afterlife of Animals, Messages and Signs from Our Pets on the Other Side. It's won awards, but um, the the best award I can give to it is that we've included it in the bibliography that we're about to revise for all of my fun books, and I'm very choosy about what we add, so I I just think this is a book everyone should read. And as a personal note, I got to tell you about one of the most important people who's ever been in my life, and his name was Bo, and I had him from the age of six till he was almost 30. And uh, I'll never have another horse till I get to ride out on him. So you'll know if you hear that I've died, you'll know how I got to go home. Isn't that fun? Everyone, as you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, my Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and this fall, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, of course, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com. Please, if you want to talk about anything at all, any of my books, things that, you know, maybe I, I hear from people who have found my videos and they ask questions about the videos if you want to talk about anything at all you can always contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com i answer every email it can take me i used to say if you don't hear within 24 hours send flowers but now it's if you don't hear within four or five days maybe time to send flowers just please make sure you give me your right address because I, i hate it when they bounce Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net on, and on a no, in a number of other places, whatever's comfortable for you, realrevolutionradio.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on a number of stations. The wonderful people at DreamVision7 Radio are really in, in, in that group other than my home at webtalkradio.net. they They're the most fun. Um, I I, I urge you to to look us up there because um, you'll just love the the other guests, other hosts rather as well on Revision 7. More and more people now tell me they just listen through the Seek Reality app. You can find it for free in the iTunes App Store. And, of course, if you ever wonder where you can hear Seek Reality right now, just go to RobertaGrimes.com and click the radio tab. If you enjoy these weekly conversations, you might also want to check out my blog at robertagrimes.com. We're having a lot of fun there now, actually. We've been delving deeply into, into Christianity for a while and into the teachings of Jesus. And uh, I hear from a lot of people every week. Um, it's just by coincidence, but we post on Sunday mornings, and there are people who say now that they do that instead of go to church, and it works as well. Oh, my goodness, I don't want to be in that position, but that's what they're telling me now. So just come, and if you feel, about, feel that you want to do it, um, go ahead and post a comment. I'm eager to hear what you have to think, or send me an email about what I've been blogging about. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you, in particular, are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, are perfectly loved.
0: You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com.